Day 20. Well, unfortunately, as I warned you a few days ago, things did not go well for Israel. Solomon had the makings of being a great king. He was very, very smart, very wise, and he did love the Lord, but sex got him in trouble. He ended up with something like 400 wives. It was ridiculous, and all of that distraction drew him away from the Lord. It's not that sex is bad. Sex is a good thing. But I think 400 wives might be a little much. It certainly proved to be more than Solomon could handle. And all that building that he did, the temple and the other buildings that he built, that money had to come from somewhere. And that came from taxes. And he taxed the people. And there was a little infighting going on. There were two of the tribes of Israel. There was one tribe for every one of the brothers. Remember those 12 brothers originally? Judah was one of them. Joseph was one of them. Um, there were 12, 12 men who were the sons of, the, of Jacob, of Israel. Well, those, those had become, their descendants had multiplied, and they were now big tribes of big clans, big families, extended families. Well, a couple of those, Judah and Benjamin, the tribes of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, were in the south, and um, the rest of the ten tribes, they were up north, and the, the palace was in the south, and the king was from the tribe of Judah, which was in the south, and so all of a sudden it got to be where the south got all the good stuff, and the north really was having more taxes, and they didn't have near the attention or the support, it just got to be a bad situation. And it got so bad that when Solomon became king and started taxing the north more than he taxed the south, oh boy, the north got really, really mad. And they split off and said, you know what? We're not going to pay those taxes anymore. We're going to become our own nation. This was such a tragic day, but it happened and so what was used to be the nation of Israel, one nation of 12 tribes, now split. The upper 10 tribes are what's called the nation of Israel, Israel in the north. And in the south, the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, made up what was now called Judah. So you, now you've got Israel in the north, Judah in the south. Israel has their own kings. Judah has their own kings. Um, king Solomon is king in Judah. Jeroboam is king in Israel. And they fought all the time. I don't mean with words. I mean soldiers. I mean wars. They had civil war for years after that. They weakened each other. And as a result, the other nations around them, Assyria, Babylon, Egypt, all of these nations that surrounded them, the north on the east and at the south, began to attack, and the littler kingdoms around them began to attack them. And so not only were they fighting each other, they ended up having to fight other enemies outside of themselves. And every once in a while, they, they'd hook up together to try to fight other enemies, but when that war was over, they'd always start fighting each other. It was, it was really bad. Well, around about this time, a man called Jonah was living in, um, I don't remember whether he was from Israel or from, or from uh, Judah. 
I'm not sure we actually know. But um, Jonah was a prophet. Remember I told you prophets were people who the Lord talked to and who actually were listening? Well, the Lord told Jonah, I want you to go to the capital of your enemy and tell them they're in big trouble if they don't repent and worship the Lord and do good. Jonah said, are you crazy? I'm not going there. Assyria, that's a huge place. And Nineveh is their capital. And I'm not walking right into the to the um, enemy's capital and telling them they're all messing up and that they all, from the king to the, to the cows, that they all need to repent, they'll kill me. And so Jonah, instead of going to Nineveh, went directly the other way. Well, Israel happens to be on the seashore, and, and to go the other way, he landed right at the beach. And so he got on a ship, and he got on a ship going anywhere else. He got on a ship going west. So he um, was on this ship and he thought everything was fine and the Lord would just forget all about this. Uh, no. The Lord had a mission he wanted Jonah to go on and Jonah was running away. The Lord sent a big storm and the sailors on the ship got really scared that the ship was going to break up. This was the worst storm they'd ever seen. They began throwing things overboard to make the ship lighter so that it wouldn't sink. They were taking on water, and nothing seemed to help. And finally, they began to do what's called throwing lots. That's kind of like flipping a coin, um, where you say, whose fault is this? And they flip a coin. If it's heads, if it's not your fault, tails, if it is your fault, kind of thing. It's, it's like rolling dice. It's a game of chance. But it was how people back in those days tried to figure out who was right and who was wrong. And as they threw lots to find out whose fault it was that they were having this big storm, the lot fell on Jonah. And they said, what have you done to cause all this? And Jonah confessed. He said, well, the Lord told me to do something. I didn't do it. And now I'm running away. And, and it's all my fault that y'all are almost going to die in this big storm. He, and Jonah said, just throw me overboard and you'll be fine. And so the men really didn't want to do that. But the storm was so bad, they really had no choice. And so the sailors took Jonah and tossed him into the sea, where they fully expected him to drown. The storm quieted, and the salt sailors and the boat were saved. But Jonah sank down and down and down. He was drowning. And a big fish, it says, came and swallowed him up. And Jonah lived inside the belly of that fish for three days. The fish swam back to shore and vomited Jonah up on the beach. Now, whether you believe this story or not, some people do, some people don't. The point is, if the Lord tells you to do something, you better do it because the Lord's bigger than you are. And even if you run away and you get in the worst possible trouble and you get thrown overboard and your life is in danger, the Lord still has something for you to do and the Lord is going to come grab you by the scruff of your neck, bring you back. Because we're a team, us and the Lord. Jonah got the message this time and so he picked up and he trudged all the way up to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. 
and he preached in the streets and he told them they had turned from the Lord and that they needed to repent and they needed to turn back to the Lord. And you know what happened? They did. They actually listened to Jonah. Jonah couldn't believe it. He'd been a prophet in Israel and they never listened to him. And here he was. And the enemy capital city. This is like going to, you know, New York City or Singapore or London or one of the big cities of the world and preaching to them in this on the street corner and telling them they're doing bad things. And all of a sudden they all say, oh man, you're right. We need to change. And they all started praying to the Lord. Oh my goodness. Jonah was so mad because he knew that none of the things he had prophesied would happen to them were going to happen. All the bad things the Lord told him to tell them were not going to happen because they had repented and Jonah knew the Lord would be merciful and would forgive them. And that would make Jonah look like an idiot. Jonah stomped out of town. He climbed up on a hill where he could watch Nineveh and see if the Lord would smite them down like he said he would. And he knew that God wasn't going to do that now that they had repented. And it was hot sitting on that hill and a and Jonah complained, and so the Lord made a, a little shady vine grow up with big leaves right right beside him to give him a little shade. Oh, man, Jonah was so glad of that vine. And then the next day, God caused that vine to wither up and die, and that made Jonah mad again. And the Lord said, are you really, you're mad about the plant? And jo Jonah said, yeah, I'm mad enough to die. And God said to him, listen to yourself. You're more concerned about that plant than you are about the people. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Jonah. I'm more concerned about the people.